this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Leah Dorn, who is an athletic trainer out in California. Uh, we connected with Leah as she applied for one of the coal tubs that we were able to raise enough funds for, and we were able to get that sent out to her. So thanks again for applying, and thank you to everybody who supported that. But in all of that, we asked her if she'd like to be on the show, and she w- obliged, and we are going to talk about non-certified or people that claim that they're athletic trainers in California and what that looks like working out there and what she does to help mitigate some of those things and also just the challenges that that presents with it. Uh, We also talk about being a new mom. If you stay around for the whole episode or check it out on video, her adorable baby makes an appearance at the end, so please uh, check that out if you need a fix of seeing a baby, but a great episode really brings to light what things are like in California without licensure. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Can't thank them enough for everything that they do for us and in support of the profession and just in general, um, everything for athletic training. So if you have ideas or questions or just want to try some Mueller stuff, reach out to them. They'll get you connected with your local rep and they will take care of you. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. episode of athletic training chat we are on with leah dorn who is an athletic trainer out in california in the secondary setting uh we actually got connected with leah because uh through clinically fresco we had put out an application for a couple of cold tubs that we were hoping to give away she applied uh and we sent her a cold tub uh, we will have pictures hope probably out by the time this episode comes out uh, as we were talking offline about just getting we'll call it just the best appropriate picture um and with all things considered of that tub but uh within that uh one of our we'll say quote unquote stipulations was if they would have any interest in being on the podcast and leo is kind enough to be willing to do so so we're going to have a conversation today um, about all kinds of things about at in california and being a mom in at but before we get into all of that i just wanted to turn it over to Yulia to fill in any background that you'd like and then we can kind of jump in Yeah, so I've actually practiced in quite a few different settings. Um, My favorite has definitely been the secondary setting, and that's kind of the way I've been the longest. Um, But I've also worked in the industrial setting with construction and then also in the industrial setting with um, a lab group at a cancer research facility. Um, And then in addition to that, I've also done per diem stuff with um, the MBA officials and worked at a couple colleges and... Let's see what else have I done? Some like semi-pro, like per diem stuff and kind of just a little bit of everywhere. Um, I went to school in Vermont at Norwich University and I also played basketball while I was there, which was super, super difficult to do. So I would highly recommend against it because you no know, work-life balance as a student, no work-life balance as an adult. You have to learn to set those boundaries later on down the road. But um, yeah, that's kind of my basic background. Awesome. 
Well, one of the topics that you had sent along is just licensure and the legislation and everything about it in California. Um, and one of the questions that we were talking about offline, just as being an AT in California, certified, you know, actually an AT um, in California, there was a huge push um, this spring, summer to get licensure through um, that seemed to get stalled. And then a lot of things changed. I honestly haven't been able to keep up if anything has actually happened kind of since everything had got changed. But maybe if you could just kind of where you see it being at right now and just your feelings or what's been going on and your take on it actually being in the state. Um, personally, um, I like I, the last update that I've received was that it um, kind of just got pulled to be reworded and re, uh, like repositioned essentially or not repositioned that's not the right word um like to be rewarded or like reorganized um because essentially that bill has changed from legislation to regulation and then uh, or registration and then in addition to that they were identifying what an athlete was and yeah. very specifically indicating like basically only people participating in organized sports. So that was like very like limiting to athletic trainers. And so I don't really think that it was the in the best alignment of what like everybody's kind of pushing for. Cause I think it would actually put us out of a lot of like those emerging, emerging settings. Um, and also just make things a little bit more difficult because we work with a lot of like non-traditional personnel and like non-traditional athletes so in my opinion I think it's very frustrating like kind of how things have played and to me it's just frustrating because it just seems like we're trying to meet halfway but we're giving more so we're losing sight of what we actually want like like I'm okay with us like switching to regulation or registration but like ultimately not having that licensure, we're still going to run into some of the same problems that we have been running into. So just every time you feel like you're taking that step forward and there's some other blockade that comes up. Yeah. I, and I really don't understand. It's so funny to me because like the CPTA is like the biggest, like, um, like what's, like lobbyists against our licensure yet most per, like physical therapists are just like no you tend to send us people why would we not want you in those positions like it it just doesn't make sense like most of the pts that you talk to are like oh yeah no like we're fine with it we don't care kind of thing and then it's just like the cpta like it's almost like it always seems like it's the people who don't actually know what they're talking about or like know what they're dealing with on like a frontline basis that are the ones that are lobbying against it and pushing negatively. Like, like the biggest feedback is always that athletic trainers are going to try to do too much like physical therapy. And it's like, no, like we can create a collaboration so that this athlete gets the best care. Like, it's just it's baffling to me but yeah it really seems like it's just a power grab and a lot of times or just that power um and going against it like there there's an abundance of people out there that need help one way or the other and i don't know that it would take away from any one group specifically just because something like that were to change 
um, especially with that, especially if it's basically already happening, you're just trying to put it down on paper to help protect people. I, that part I've never understood. You know, you just well, see, oh, the fun, uh, sorry. The funny part about it is 49 other states have PTs and ATs working alongside each other, and there's maybe no real issues because there's most states are still maintaining some sort of um licensure or registration mm -hmm. so <laughs> why is california like especially being the strictest state on pretty much almost every other aspect like labor laws um child labor laws like workers compensation all these other different factors like the strictest in the world but yet when it comes to athletic training it's like ah who cares who's taking care of your child or who cares who's on the sideline like I mean like to be honest like a, in Southern California there was an article that came out last year about um someone who is committing um sexual assault yep um, and it was like advertised all throughout the board that it was an athletic trainer but realistically it was an athletic trainer like like working as um like working like some, some random individual working as a, an athletic trainer and so it's just tainting our name and then in addition to that like like the qualifications like like you just assume that the title comes with some sort of like authority or something like that so then you're abusing that authority like and I don't think like these high schools and really realize like how much liability that they're putting back on themselves because they knowingly hired these individuals right. like it's just so frustrating that was one of the big topics and questions and just some of your experiences. You know, I remember those stories, uh, unfortunately, a couple of them that had come out, but other experiences that you've had being a certified AT and interacting with some of these quote unquote non-certified quote ATs. Like, I mean, the cold reality is that you never know who's on the sidelines in California. Like, you never know if they're certified, if they're uncertified, if they're claiming certification, if they let their certification elapse. Like, you never truly know. Like, I've encountered a variety of individuals on the sideline. And the scary part about it, like, for me personally, as an athletic trainer, like, I want my kids to get the best quality of care, right? I want the student athletes that I work with, like, to receive the highest, like, care that they can possibly get. And I can't guarantee that if I'm not traveling with them, for example. Like, during the winter at the high school in California, we have um, soccer and basketball going at the same time. So if there's a home soccer game, there's a home basketball game, most likely. And guys and girls, um, everything under the moon and sun is going on. And there's no way to be at both. There's also like when they like when our home or, or like when the boys basketball team is home, our girls tend to be away. So like you can't travel with the girls while the boys are playing at home or anything like that. So when the girls are traveling and they go to one of these schools without a certified athletic trainer, you don't know what 
what kind of care they're getting. Half the time, it's just putting ice on top of it and be like, oh, you're fine. Right. Like, and then you don't find out about it because there's just like that lack of like professional etiquette where they're like giving you, you know, a, an email or trying to find your contact information. It's like, hey, I had someone that I think that they tore their ACL, like you might want to check them out or, you know, help them with their long term care. That never like really happens here, especially in Northern California. I will say like Southern California probably has a jump on all of this because they've had some um policies created in their different districts and like have really like set an example for full-time athletic trainers okay. but north california it's a hot mess like <laughs> like no it, it's awful i ran into like my first year as a certified working out of high school because i've been at the same high school for about seven years wow. uh, my first year i went to a school and i introduced myself because the at didn't come over or the quote AT come over um and so I went and introduced myself and like we're chatting and then like they were a certified athletic trainer but they haven't been certified like when I went and looked them up just to verify because I'm just like oh my gosh like I was getting anxiety about it because I just saw like something that um he had done on the field because like I came like I came out just to see if they needed additional assistant because it lo looked a little serious but like what I was seeing, I was just like, I'm not sure about this. And I was like, granted, I'm a brand new AT. I'm not yeah, yeah. Like, the most well-versed, like, you know, so I was like, um, and when I went and looked at their certification, it had elapsed like eight years ago. And I'm like, what athletic trainer still practices, but like, isn't <laughs> certified anymore? Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was like, that was a little sketchy. But then like even going to like places and people lying about being qualified. Like um just the other day I had a student um who had just graduated high school. She traveled with um one of the teams that we were playing against. And I went over and introduced myself and I'm like, hi, I'm Leah, I gave my whole spiel. Um, and so like my rule of thumb is I always ask them like, Hey, like, um, are you certified? And if they say yes, I'm like, Oh, awesome. Where'd you go to school? And I had to like develop that strategy because I was like, initially I was believing people. And then I was like, like, there was a couple of times where I was like, that kid, like that person just looks so young. Like, so I started asking that question. And so for example, this young lady, she's like, Oh, I went to such and such high school. And I'm like, huh like okay so what do you and I, so then like what are you certified in and she and like it's like oh I'm certified in blah 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 and I'm certified in taping and I'm like how are you certified in taping and like and I like so then I'm like trying to make it more of like an educational aspect where I'm like trying to learn about them sure. instead of like judging because I can get pretty sassy I'm not gonna lie um and when I like, when we get into this conversation, I'm like, okay, if anybody goes down on your sideline, like that's one of my athletes or like the athletes at the school that I work at, like, please do not offer assistance. <laughs> please like stay in your lane. Anytime you have a player that goes down, I'm going to come and offer assistance because like I'm the most qualified person here 
um, if you guys choose to refuse that care, like that is your decision. But from a liability perspective, I'm going to initiate, especially if it becomes an emergency situation, I'm going to take over. And then it's just like, okay, this is awkward. And then it just creates like this tension and like that tension is just so like, like I'm stepping on your toes, but reality, like you don't have toes in this circle. <laughs> and so like, oh, that's so, so frustrating. Like, and then I feel like, honestly, like with having so many like non-certified persons or people that are claiming to be athletic trainers, because a lot of people that like are personal trainers or yep. um, like sports trainers, like, they all call themselves athletic trainers because they train athletes. So like, it just makes sense, right? It's literally, um, literally. Oh, 100%, literally. Like I train athletes. I am an athletic trainer. And right. like people, like I, I know plenty of people that I like went to high school or, you know, have seen at the gym or around in the basketball community because I've been playing basketball in this general area and then also coaching basketball in this general area. So like, because of it, you just run into so many people and like, no, sir, you're not actually an athletic trainer. You are a like fitness trainer or you are a sports trainer or like you can claim anything else, but athletic trainer. And please don't try to say that you're certified in anything like athletic training related. <laughs> But I definitely think that it also puts a damper on like our relationships with like physical therapists and um, like physicians and things like that. Like, for example, I have a crazy story about a student athlete who went to the doctor. Um, I sent them with a note and it was like a copy of my soap note um, because this athlete went to the doctor for um what I knew was an ACL, an ACL like wholeheartedly like non-contact injury you just saw the shift you're they went down you're like oh my gosh you have ACL yep. like tr trust my gut like I, I'm gonna do a Lockman's just to be safe I'm gonna do an anterior drawer just to be safe but like I don't think it's there anymore like, so, right. like and they went to the doctor and they got um a note said knee sprain and I'm just like and what, what is a knee spray? <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we're going to send you back to the doctor. Cause he had a follow-up appointment, um, like a week later. And I was like, we're going to send you back to the doctor. Um, here is my soap note where I indicate that you had joint effusion. You had blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, and I talked with mom and I was like, mom, I'm giving this to you like, please take this to the doctor and have the doctor, like, see this, and please ask for a direct referral to sports medicine, like, please, 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 and they go to the doctor, and the doctor takes the note and sees, like, like, saw, like, my, um, because it was, like, a handwritten note, yeah. and it was my name, I said athletic trainer, I, like, even had MSATC on it, um, but he was like athletic trainer. He was just like, I'm not taking a note from your sports trainer and like ripped it up in front of the mom and the kid. And so then like the mom was just like, 
confused as to like what like like it just created like uncertainty in her mind because she's just like oh who's this person at this school like why are they like they doing if the doctor doesn't recognize them as someone of like benefit and so then it just turned into a lot of like negativity with that particular individual um and it like really sucked because it's like no like these are all the things that I can do to help you like you know when your kids sprain their ankle like I was the one that was just like hey there's really no indication of a fracture you don't need to take them to the emergency room and get an x-ray and you didn't have to pay you know your 120 dollars copay like for taking them to the emergency room that night like you could have waited for an appointment to the doctor if you if that's what you needed and it's like those are like some of the ways that I can benefit the school but it was just a very like long and frustrating aspect but I definitely think like those are probably like the three biggest things that suck about not having qualified people on the sidelines yeah just listening to it I'm just trying to imagine like how easy it has been for me just to assume that whoever I'm you know, interacting with and all the states I've been in or just, you just assume and you don't have to think twice about it and how much of a blessing that is. Out of curiosity, just in your experience, like 50% of people you meet are quote unquote ATs or, you know, is it that common? Is it not? I just hearing Uh, about like the introductions and like the anxiety that would give me to have to go and do that especially if it was on like a semi almost regular basis it is very frequent okay like for example when I first started at the high school um the pay was like crud like I got paid the same as a coach and so I was like, I was fresh out of school. So I just wanted all the experience I could get. So I started working at the high school. because I was like, I really enjoyed it during my clinical rotation. And I was just like, let me try my hand at this. But I just, I got paid the same as a coach. So I got paid under $10,000 a year, like for three seasons to be there regularly. And I was the only certified person in our district. So out of the seven or out of the six schools in our district, I was the only certified there. That was the year that there was like the guy that let his certification lapse. Okay. So there, there was two people that had someone on their sideline that claimed to be athletic trainers. So that's two out of six. Okay. Just talking from the evolution of just my district. So just those six schools, my second year, it was the same scenario. I think the guy actually quit after football season so I became the only certified in our district I took a two-year lapse when I went to go work at a college but then I came back in 2020 when I came back and during the COVID year there was three schools that had athletic trainers and all of them were qualified because we were using a company um that contracted athletic trainers and could confirm that Okay, that was 2020. 2021, it was me and another person. We added on a third person eventually, but then they left. And then since then, there had only been two certifies. This is the first year that we have six certified athletic trainers at all six schools by taking, like, undergoing a different contract. So, like, Flex Performance came in, proposed full time athletic trainers because, of course, 
No athletic trainer wants to come to California, deal with all the stress of California, and then only get part-time work. Sure. Um, Because originally, like, the contract was, like, uh, it was, like, a thousand hours for the school year or something like that. So it was, like, game coverage with a little bit of clinic sprinkled in. Sure. um, But really, like, not enough, like, time, like, to provide the best quality of care. Right. And so like this year has been like the first time that we've been fully staffed in the school district, but there's still several schools that employ non-certified persons. So for example, we've had five games so far this season. Um, Only one of those games have I had a certified on the other sideline. And that was because it was someone who's in our school district who like I work with. Yeah. All oh no, hold on. I lied. Don't like I, I'm sorry, I lied. There's been two games. Okay. Well, 40% still not crushing. The other game was outside of the Sacramento, like the greater Sacramento area. So our first th- like our first three games, I believe it was, there was not a certified on the other side, or they were some sort of other certification. So for example, one was a PT. Um, one was a PTA and then one was a student. So like who had just graduated high school and was part of their sports medicine program and yeah. knew how to tape. Yep. So yeah, it, it happens pretty frequently. I definitely like, I would unfortunately say it's probably more often than not, there's a non-certified or nobody on the sideline, um, which is frustrating in itself because when you're providing care for two sidelines and trying to like, like, so for example, we had a school that we played last year that I was providing care to both sidelines. Um, I was dealing with one of our injuries um, on our sideline and then somebody went down on their sideline. I always give the like spiel to the refs too, if there's nobody on the sideline that I'm like, Hey, if they ask you for assistance, if they tell their, their lines judge, can you just shoot me across the field instead of having to walk all the way around? Um, because I don't have a golf cart at my school, unfortunately. And so it just takes like a really long time. And depending on like how quickly they want them to get in, like someone can go down on the field. And it was just like one of those nights, like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like I was here, I was there, I was up there, I was blah, 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 like kind of thing. And so there was a young man that um, was complaining of vision loss. And I'm just like, oh no, like he got hit in the head and apparently like went back in because he didn't inform any of his coaches mm-hmm. and then like suffered from vision loss. And I'm like, Oh, you know, emergency situation. Like, where's your parents? Are your parents here? Are they not here? Okay. Let's get like, let's call them right now. Like let's get this taken care of. And I was like, I'm also going to have you go get checked out by the MTs who are like on standby. Um, But like, this is <laughs> you're going to the doctor see you later give me your helmet I am like and I what I tend to do is I remove kids face mask if it's on the other team um because I can't guarantee that like if I pull their helmet and I put it underneath my treatment table that they're not going to go and try to steal their helmet like I don't have a treatment table on the other sideline but like no, I got 
yeah. you have to pull a helmet that the coach isn't going to be like, oh, I don't know what an athletic trainer is. I don't know what they do. Like this lady doesn't know what the heck she's talking about. And like, just gives him his helmet back. Like, right. so with that, I tend to um, like, especially on like the Rydells, I just like pop them out and I'm like face mask removed. It's like, and I hand the face mask to one of the coaches. I was like, this kid can't reenter. Cause like no, no referee is going to let them onto the field without a face mask. So <laughs> I'm like, here we go. And that gives me a little bit of more security, but like, but then I had the mom come like, cause I, I went and talked to the mom, the mom berated me oh, because I didn't know what was going on with their son. And I like, I was just like, he told me he got hit. I didn't see the hit because it was on your guys' sideline. Like it happened away from the ball. Like I, like I'm one person, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and she was just like, well, why'd you let him go back in the game? Like, and I'm like, I didn't evaluate him. He went back in the game, got a secondary hit before. Like I had any like interaction with this young man. It wasn't until you was like face down on the field that I did, like I came out. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like rocking a hard place from that oh well they've also never had an athletic trainer at that school like ever in their life so they didn't know what to expect so like it was just well, why are you taking my son out like <laughs> your son can't see out of his eye like <laughs> you want him to go play with one eye oh gosh it's like I could probably go on and on and on about stories with people not having experience with athletic trainers. So like, it's almost like I'm the devil because I took their kid out or, yeah, you know, want them to go follow up with the doctor or, oh gosh. But yeah. Speaking <laughs> of the stories, any more that or anything else you want to cover on this? I know you said you could keep going, but I'll leave that kind of up to you. If you think, I think you painted kind of the, <laughs> reality of what it's like in california very well and it is anxiety producing for me and i'm half a continent continent away so yeah um i mean the only other like piece like i was talking to one of my coworkers, um one of the other full times like and she was explaining because she went to school in texas and she was explaining how, like, she didn't realize how much she had to do, like, on the educational aspect of, like, what she can do and what she's legally able to do. Um, because, she, like, when she came from Texas, everybody knows who the athletic trainer is in Texas. Like, like you can't start a football game without the athletic trainer in Texas, like, Oh, the athletic trainer is getting coffee and they got stuck in the drive through. Like, we'll hold the game for 10 minutes. Like that, like that was like the joke that we had talked about. But um, like with that being said, like then she comes to California where, you know, she, like parents are dict like trying to dictate care. And unfortunately, you also have like other personnel making medical decisions against authority like you know ad's coming in well this kid's parents a doctor and, the, and they said that they're fine and mm -hmm. well i'm sorry that your plastic surgery or your dermatology background doesn't actually give you a stake in this game like 
it's a concussion, like, or it's a, you know, ACL or it's, it's, you know, something else greater. So yeah, it's, and, and it's not to say like, California is a terrible state because obviously we have wonderful sunshine and oceans and phenomenal athletes and great people to work with but it's definitely something that needs to be worked on for sure yep and if you're listening and didn't believe that it was needed before in terms of licensure be thankful that you have it now uh depending on what state you're in one of the other the other big topic, uh, which is always a big one, uh, is parenting in athletic training, especially being a mom. I know just obviously I'm not a mom, um, but in my own experience, just we have a three and a one year old. And that was a transition period for me as we had our first child of just traditional setting and all the challenges that that brought. And again, that was not being the mom, um, but mom of an infant from kind of our back and forth how have you navigated all of this biggest challenges surprises especially in the secondary setting as a solo like I can only imagine (laughs) um it's definitely been a learning curve for sure um so I have a seven month old um he is literally the most active young man I've ever met um, not that I have a ton of experience with babies, of course, because <laughs> this is my first. Um, actually, prior to having him, I was actually working two jobs. So I was working full time as an occupational health and wellness specialist at a cancer research facility. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was working from six to two thirty. And then I would turn around and work at the secondary school for, um, from three to whenever sports were done that day. Wow. And while I was pregnant, I actually dialed back a little bit, um, and I only worked football. I, I gave them that ultimatum. I was like, hey, you know, I am not interested in being here until 10 o'clock every single night. Um, I will come in and help out with football. I'll be available for football. Like, if I'm there and, like, one of the other sports gets injured, like, I'm more than happy to provide assistance, but I just can't, like draw myself that way and like in addition to that like you know I had doctor's appointments ultrasounds and like other random things that were going on so I'm like if I feel like absolute crud like I can just decide not to come in that day like because there's nothing that's like really like tying me there um so like with that being said like I did that up until what almost 28 weeks so we had a playoff run for football so we didn't finish until right around yeah something like that I'm sorry I can't oh, it's, been, it's been a long time since it feels like um even though it's also feels like it was just yesterday but um yeah so I did that all throughout um like the football season I was working while pregnant and um that that itself was pretty difficult like morning sickness at a football game like I I had to apologize to one of my coaches because he kept trying to come and talk to me and he had just eaten like a roast beef sandwich with like pepperoncinis or something like that and it made me sick to my stomach um like I was like 10 seconds away from puking 
And every time he came up to me, I was just like, hey, I can't talk to you right now. Can you give us some time? And he just like kept trying to come up and like kept like wheezing to talk to me. And I was just like, I was like, if you don't leave me right now, I'm going to throw up on this field, please. Right. <laughs> and like I was, I got really sassy because it probably happened like five times. But uh, <laughs> like dealing with morning sickness was pretty rough. Um even though morning sickness never happens in the morning, which everybody oh, likes. I said it both ways. It was morning for one, and then it was definitely like dinner on for the other. Yeah, it was. There's so many things about being pregnant that people don't tell you about till you become pregnant, which was <laughs> opening to me. Um, but like, in addition to that, I just had some really like I have some really great football coaches that made it super easy. So, for example, um, one of the coaches like would not let me lift a single thing like at all whatsoever I couldn't bring down my kit I couldn't bring down waters I couldn't carry the six pack of water bottles like at all like if he saw me carrying something he lit into his whole entire team and was just like Miss Leah doesn't carry anything Miss Leah doesn't carry anything and and so I actually go my Miss Leah to at the high school because my mother-in-law is Miss Dorn and she's been around that community coaching basketball forever. Uh, so it's super weird for me. Sure. And I used to just go by Leah because I'm content with just being called by my first name because I didn't like think that it's that important to get like some sort of like sure. rename. But one of the athletes a couple years ago felt super uncomfortable calling me just by my name because I was a person of authority and so started calling me Miss Leah and then it just cut on. There you go. Even parents call me Miss Leah. It's so funny. Um, but sorry for that little side tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, outside of that, like my coaches were just like super accommodating. So like, for example, for team meals or like um, all of our coaches get together after Friday night football games and um they tend to invite me to that as well um if they're they were making food because I had a food aversion to red meat um couldn't eat it couldn't be around it um kind of thing um there was a couple like away games where we like um the coach's wife like picked up in and out and she'd get me a grilled cheese and um like they were just like really like accommodating and also like just super great like always asking me if I was okay like if I had a super like tough day or I was like super exhausted like I'd go home and take like a two-hour nap and then I'd come to the tail end of practice or something like that sure. so it, it was really great from that aspect um I also have like a really good admin group at the school that I work at so it was fairly easy but after football season, I kind of like stepped away for the rest of the year just so that I was only working one job uh, up until like maternity leave. And then after maternity leave, I actually gave my notice at my other job. Um, and that was at the same time that like the high school job became full time. So I was able to do that. So it like it actually worked out really great for me personally, because with working in the secondary setting, and my husband working like a traditional, like, you know, six to 2.30 or like six to four o'clock. Like it works really well for us because we only have to worry about childcare for like an overlap of like an hour and a half. Sure. So for us that like reduced costs like crazy. Um, so we just have like a family member come in and watch him during those like 
couple of hour window and we don't have to pay for childcare, which is an arm and a leg, especially for like infant childcare. Um, but definitely I will say probably the most difficult thing is being like trying to navigate being a nursing parent, like for starters, like having a nurse regularly and like on a pretty like strict or like regiment schedule so that you can produce nutrients for your child. Um, like stepping away and going to work, like is really like, it's not that easy. Like I can't just, oh, three o'clock, like right. everybody out the, like out of the training room, like gotta go. Like I have to like communicate ahead of time, like my schedule and communicate ahead of time. Like, Hey, I'm unavailable during this time. Or like, I found like the most difficult part is navigating, um, pumping at football games is oh, oh it, it's like it's a lose-lose situation no matter when I decide to pump like so for example I tend to pump on the car ride there um because I have portable pumps so yeah. any nursing parents that decide to listen to this like invest in a quality pair of portable pumps like being tied down to an outlet is almost impossible as an athletic trainer I feel um um, so like I pump on my way there I pump at halftime or not halftime I pump at the end of the first game um before the second game because I do all of my like um like all of the student athletes that are playing varsity have to have everything that they need before the end of the JV game if they are not like if they need a a wrist tape job they're not getting it before the game like if they need like if they want something they're not getting it um between like the overlap between those two games because they know I'm going to be sitting somewhere pumping and I guess maybe (laughs) probably don't have enough shame um I literally just sit in front of my table and like cover myself with my t-shirt um and just like stick my portable pumps in and I'm just like sitting there and I like try to like hide by my table but I just found it like way too difficult to go and find my car which is parked in some random lot at some high school like that's a 10 minute walk there and a 10 minute walk back and I found like for me personally, um, like it was just really like difficult to try to find a location or like coordinate with that school's admin to find a private location. I was just like, you know what? I'll just look like Dolly Parton on the sideline <laughs> with my portable pumps inside my t-shirt. And yeah, like if someone has a problem with it, they have a problem with it. I'm, I'm content because I'm just like, I need to feed my son, so I don't really care. Um, I'm not exposed at any, by any means. Like I wear like a slightly like larger t-shirt so that I can just like, meh, 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 like kind of thing. Um, it's probably, doesn't always look the best, but. Yeah, yeah do what you gotta do. Yeah, ultimately, like that's my kind of thing. Um, but yeah, aside from that, one of the other like biggest challenges is just like being away from baby like mm-hmm. especially as a mom like on maternity leave you get like depending on like what your state or what your like um 
job allows. I was at home with baby for four, five months. Nice. Something like that. It was it was quite a long time. So like I like utilized all of the time that I possibly could. And I know for me personally, like I used all of that and I like didn't check into my emails, didn't check into anything. Like I was just nope, tunnel vision, me baby. So like then that transition back to work was like kind of tough. Like now you're not hundred percent of the time with this little guy that's doing something new every day. Like, um, I know when I like jumped back into work, my husband was at home with him for four weeks because he took the rest of his paternity leave. I got a video while I was at work on Saturday at a Saturday recovery treatment, um, session for football. And my son said, mama. And I like, like my my husband sent it to me um on social media like social media I think he sent it like Snapchat or something like that and all of a sudden I'm just like bawling I'm just like no like I wasn't there to hear him say mama like I was like so like I missed that milestone like I'm so like sad like I was super blessed that my like husband was able to get that on video but like it just like made me tear up because I'm just like oh my gosh I'm gonna miss out on so much of his life like by being at work and then I like it like kind of like got to me and then I mean postpartum depression and anxiety and stuff like that like I don't think enough people talk about but like it definitely plays into a lot of stuff around work Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit more on like the serious side of things like I'm not going to go into my personal journey in that regard because that's I'm just not comfortable sharing that but yeah it's it definitely it like it's possible to be a parent and an AT which like I know when I was in school not a lot of people talked about that enough like they kind of like the dad could do it but like the mom not so much like you hear about a lot of women leaving the profession after having a baby um and I could very well see like why people decide to leave the profession um after having a kid, because just those hours, like, become gruesome, like, I mean, still to this day, I still feel like I'm, I'm doing that swing shift that I was doing before, like, that 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. or 12 a.m., like, on a Friday night, like, because 6 a.m. to, you know, whenever I go into work at two o'clock, like, I'm with baby that whole entire time, that, that's full-time job in itself, and then turning around and going from two to 12, like, pretty long as well so yeah that that keeps it busy definitely but anything else you want to cover around that topic of being a mom and an athletic trainer obviously still early in the game with it to a degree um big part of the game but still early uh that you want to talk about and if not we can jump into the athletic training chat questions yeah i mean there's not too much more I can kind of think of um okay. from just having great staff to work with like great coaches great admin that kind of were like super understanding super supportive like if I come in late because my son was just not going down for a nap um and just really needed mom or something like that like it's not usually like too detrimental like people understand um if I choose not to come in on a Saturday because I want to go 
to my son's like swim classes um or stuff like that like they're like pretty understanding and allow that so yeah that's awesome I'm glad you're able to set some of those boundaries first question is where do you see athletic training going in the next five to ten years Ooh, that's a great question um I'm hoping that athletic training like expands the more that people like actually start to see these like news and media outlets covering different things like especially in California for example like we have a high school in our area that a freshman's mom um reached out to and um was outraged that her like her son's high school didn't have an athletic trainer for football um and so I'm hoping that like more of those stories start to get covered. Um, unfortunately, like those major injuries, I think are going to be like those bigger learners. So like that DeMar Hamlin situation, like Bronny James at um, USC, like those types of situations. Like, I think if those continue to get coverage, like that's gonna be the biggest push for athletic trainers in California um, and hopefully our biggest advocate. Um, but I also see a lot of evolution um, on the emergency practice or like the emerge emerging practice setting, like the industrial stepping into different roles with different companies, um, like just that expansion. I really see like that it seems to be a very highlighted um, field right now, just because of how much it offers for work life balance. Absolutely. What advice would you go back and give yourself as a younger athletic trainer? And if you could kind of set when that would be. Um, I would probably tell myself as a younger athletic trainer, um, it's okay to be wrong or it's okay to not know. Like, I feel like when I was fresh out of school, I was just like, I have to get this diagnosis. I have to know what's wrong with this person. Like, and I have to know now, right when the injury happened, like I, I can't, wait like if I if I wait like I'll have issues um and so like telling myself as a younger athletic trainer like it's okay to be wrong it's okay not to know it's okay to refer like those types of things I would definitely tell myself and I'd probably tell myself within like the first three years of an of being an athletic trainer um I mean I've only been practicing since 2016 so that's what like seven years sure. I yeah. think seven years it's really like 20 and by the time you throw the COVID year in it, so. Oh, yeah, the COVID year is <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I would definitely say that. Like, that was my biggest thing um, learning-wise. No, I think that's a, that's a great one, and definitely a lot of people would go back and probably have that same advice. Yeah. What has been the most influential resource you have found in your career? Honestly, for me personally, it's just been like people. Um, so like when I was working at the high school initially, I was also working part-time at a college, um, just like helping out with like rehab hours so that they were able to give more opportunities for their student athletes. Um, and I really like relied on some of like the veteran ATs there. Um, like oh man, I don't know what's going on here, or I don't know how to tackle this situation. And like even things that like you just didn't get to see in your undergrad like 
you know, tackling those conversations with the coaches or tackling, um, like damages to interpersonal like relationships or, you know, wearing the hat and not getting trampled over, um, or being like a female in, in like a male dominated world, essentially, um, like how to hold your ground and things like that. And then also like the different avenues that we have to communicate with people, like using like Twitter or social media, like with Instagram or something like that to contact people. I mean, personally, like I think AT Twitter has some advantages. Sometimes they get a little stir crazy in their negativity of things. Um, but overall, like there's some really amazing things that people put out, like when people are sharing and I, and I love the athletic trainers that don't gatekeep that are like, Hey, I do this. And I found that this is really working. And everybody that I've talked to really loves it. It's like, try this out. Like, um, like, like Zach, like has like a shin splint, yep. um, like rehab protocol that he's shared. And I know so many people that have utilized it. I mean, I've utilized it like, um, in addition to that, even like PTs or like physicians that hop on TikTok and are showing like rehab exercises. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I completely forgot about that one. Like Spanish squats. Okay, sure. Like that sounds great. Like kind of thing. So that's oh, pretty like, of those saved videos. I'm like, oh, need to remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much all of like my Twitter bookmarks and my uh, TikTok bookmarks have been like videos that I'm like, yes, like I like, I'm going to share the, this specific video with this student athlete, because this would just satisfy everything. And when I'm not there supervising their home exercise program, because a secondary school athletic trainer is like, you really don't have time to like walk people through like their rehab every day or every other day. Um, at least I haven't found the ability to do that. Um, and I mean, I see on average, I think it's like 17 kids a day. So like, <laughs> I don't have the time to do that. So I send them with home exercise programs. So like having videos of somebody doing it is just like one of the best blessings. Um, so like, I know that's what I utilize. Those are both common ones that we hear and for good reason. As an AT in your role, how do you take care of yourself? Oh, I'm going to be completely transparent here. Um, I, oh, do we have a baby feature? I need to. Oh. We have a baby feature. Hi, baby. <laughs> it's a little guy. Uh, yogurt under your chin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm actually in my baby's room because um, our other, like, our living room was going to be too loud, and then um, our spare bedroom was, um, uh, it's too dark, and so this is probably the best place to go. Yeah, um, no, there is. So, um, what, oh. 18 year old, how do you take care of yourself? I'll be honest, I'm still, like, to be completely transparent, I'm still trying to figure that part out, um, because... I am in an identity of like being a mom and then also in the identity of being a caregiver at the school. And so like trying to find who I am in that aspect and like what I need has 
been something that I've been struggling with. So I don't have a great answer to that question right now. Perfect. That's the first you, time I've had that answer. So I think that's important for people to hear. Well, that's good. So no worries. I'm not <laughs> having that. If you could change or eliminate one thing, it could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, anything that you're choosing in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Looks like you might have something. I don't, there's so many like pet peeves. <laughs> sure. That it's hard to pick one. Like, like personally, I hate the, like, the professionalism, like outfit look thing. Yeah. You have to wear khakis and a polo. Like as a woman, like, I, I don't know if other women have this problem, but I, I know I have this problem. Polos just don't look appealing. They're not comfortable. They're loose. They're offsetting. I don't like a polo all the way up to my neck. Like, Me neither. With that being said, like, you tend to, like, unbutton it a little bit. And if you're bent over taping or something like that, you still have the fear that someone's looking down your shirt. Sure. So then you have to wear an undershirt. But it's 95 degrees at a football game here in California. I don't want to wear an undershirt. And like a polo at the same time because then I'm just profusely sweating and like it's just like for me personally I just don't care for it um I don't understand the big push for khakis because khakis are very light colored so if you accidentally sit in something or if they get wet because you're filling up water bottles or something like that you just see it all the time um I'm definitely like on like the black pants spectrum sure, sure. But like, I know that's probably one of my big pet peeves. And then like the other one is just like, kind of like that old school mindset. Like if you're injured, you sit out when you're better, you play like kind of thing. Like I really like to meet someone where they're at because I just feel like there's a lot better engagement. Um, Like I'm very much like on the motion is lotion, movement is medicine, like philosophy. So if I have a kid with an ankle sprain, but they can run straight lines. Like why can't they jump into um, early outs where all they're doing is a go route over the top or, you know, why can't they push the sled around because straight lines aren't the issues. Like that's like, I like to accommodate. So people still feel like they're involved. Um, Cause personally, like, if I'm like out of the sideline at practice, like I don't like 15 kids just standing around with me. Like you come over, you do your five exercises. Cause we're going to do exercises while you're not doing something on the field. Um, but I know for like me personally, like um, I'm like, let's get you into some things, not all the things. Um, as long as you're like able to, of course, yes. like if someone has a, a clavicle fracture I'm not gonna have them out there trying to catch balls or or throw or something like that but um I have no problem if um you know someone has like a mild like ankle sprain that we're able to you know get them walking up and down the sideline or like stuff like that um so I definitely say say those would probably be made too I know you only asked for one but those are probably oh, made too. those are both good ones Last question then, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Being an athletic trainer means to me, like 
being the caregiver that someone needs, um, not necessarily the one that someone wants, but the one that someone needs. Like, I definitely feel like, like the goal is to help them participate in sports safely. Um, but that looks different for each individual, in my opinion. Like some people need the jokester that's going like, because when they're injured, they kind of get into that little bout of depression. Um, so like constantly making them smile or constantly um, laughing. Sometimes it's being like that, like strict coach authority almost like, no, like this is what you're going to do. This is what we need you to do so that you can get better and you can do what you want to do, which is playing. Um, you know, sometimes it's being like that mom, like just that like nurturing figure um, for like an individual. And like, so essentially like just being what somebody needs and what they need in that moment. Um, because realistically speaking, I think athletic training is almost 80% just the relationship with the individual. Um, like the other 20%, you know, they can get at the doctor, but they don't get that relationship with a doctor. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that's probably my answer. I like it. I, I really like how you phrase that too. The, what you need, not necessarily what you want. So well said, uh, just in closing, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, follow you, what would be the best place for them to do that? Um, I mean, I am on social media. I'm not necessarily on it as much as I used to be sure. uh, necessarily just because a uh, baby kind of takes up all of my free time. And I set that boundary mm -hmm. if I'm away from work, like, um, unless it's my husband's day off, I'm not really like engaging in anything. Um, yep. so, but the, I have Instagram, um, I believe it's Leah underscore Dorn. We'll take a look and link it up. Um, I can confirm. Oh, no, it's just Leah Dorn. No underscore. And I believe that's the same thing for Twitter, too. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Nope. It's Leah underscore Dorn for Twitter and Leah Dorn for Instagram. Got it. You can tell how much I'm on social media. I giving out my handle. I have mine all mixed up as well. So I just say, you usually search for me. There's not too many of it with the name. <laughs> so, well, thank you for taking the time to share the stories about California and athletic training. I, I for me personally, I had always kind of know, known that it's an issue. You see the stories never quite to this extent. So it was definitely eye-opening there. And then obviously talking about just everything with being an AT and a mom, really appreciate you sharing that uh, for anybody who, a wants to be an AT and a mom, but just a parent in general. That's some, it's all things you got to take into consideration. So I really appreciate you taking the time of and course. For, for the cold tub so we could actually connect. This worked out great. No, I'm super excited about the cold tub. Our athletes absolutely love it. It's super um, like convenient because you could just blow it up and put it wherever you need it or wherever you want it. Um, and the fact that you guys also sent the um, like portable hickey that blows it up um like was so amazing um I'm super excited like it hasn't been super hot this year but um like definitely like 
in future years, I'm sure it's going to be definitely like necessary to just bring out to practice and stuff like that. So I'm super excited to have it. Awesome. Well, that's amazing to hear. So uh, we'll look forward to connecting again in the future. Uh, good luck, as I'm sure maybe nap time is coming up here soon. So with that, we can let you go and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Athletic Training Chat with Leah Dorn. I hope this sheds some light on kind of the current state of California and really highlights the need uh, for licensure out there. Again, it's something for me even personally knew that was an issue, but never really understood it until getting to hear some of the stories from Leah, which were fascinating uh, to say the least. So uh, that was very enlightening for me and hope it was for you as well. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine, and thank you for listening. Uh, as a break, you will not get any more um, ads here as uh, to get that revenue has changed. So if you'd be willing to share uh, the podcast, we'd appreciate it. That can help drive some listeners to help us get back into that opportunity to make some ad revenue to support the causes, uh, inflatable cold tubs, and other things that we would need want to get out to athletic trainers. If you haven't checked out the Athletic Training Daily Journal yet, please do, uh, either by going to clinicallypress.org backslash shop to check out the 14-day free trial or uh, finding it on Amazon as well. We truly appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next episode.